Yeah, growing up in a Swiss Mexican uh, entrepreneurial family sounds like uh, having a Swiss army knife for life skills. <laughs> um, what's the most unexpected skill from your family toolkit that you found handy in your role as beekeeper CEO? Yeah, great, great question. I like how, how you put it. And I would say the the resourcefulness so growing up in mexico city in an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. family definitely taught me that there are many difficult and tough situations right. and it's very inspiring to see i had the fortune to see it at home but also with other people in mexico how they simply deal with a difficult situation they find creative ways on how mm -hmm. to go about it and just push through it Welcome to the EU Startups Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the show hosted by Marcin Lewandowski. Hey everyone, um, this is Marcin Lewandowski and you're listening to the EU Startups Podcast. My guest today is Christian Grossman, uh, who is the co-founder and CEO of Beekeeper. Chris leads a global team of over 200 people who are passionate about empowering frontline workers with a mobile-first app that connects them to everything they need to do great work. Beekeeper's frontline success system is used by more than 1,000 companies across 100 countries, reaching millions of workers in industries such as hospitality, retail, manufacturing, and logistics, and probably the list goes on. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, so awesome to have you. Thank you very much, Marcin. Thanks for the invitation and great to be here. Awesome. Uh, Chris, so uh, let's kick off with a heartfelt one. Um, so I know that your grandparents were frontline workers in Mexico. How did their uh, you know, experiences shape your understanding uh, of the challenges faced by frontline workers? And did it play a role in, the, um, you know, in your mission behind Beekeeper? Yes, absolutely. I would say it, it did play and continues to play a, a role. As you can imagine, I spent countless hours and afternoons following right. them, visiting them in the factory back in the 80s in Mexico, 80s and 90s. And what is actually still surprising to me when I go and visit our customers nowadays in their factories, their production facilities and so on, I must confess not so much has changed in terms of how work gets done. There's still mm -hmm. a lot of bulletin boards, paper checklists, lists involved. So it's still pretty old school if you want to think it that way. So yes, it certainly did uh, play a, a big role. Awesome. Um, you know, growing, growing up in a Swiss Mexican uh, entrepreneurial family, it sounds like uh, having a Swiss army knife for life skills. <laughs> um, what's the most unexpected skill from your family toolkit that you found, you know, uh, handy in your role as beekeeper CEO? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, great, great question. I like how, how you put it. And I would say the, the resourcefulness. So growing up in Mexico City in an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. family definitely taught me that there are many difficult and tough situations. Right. And it's very inspiring to see, uh, I had the fortune to see it at home, but also with other people in Mexico, how they simply deal with a difficult situation. They find creative ways on how mm -hmm. to go about it and just push through it. So I think that resourcefulness and resilience are, are two of the uh, big things that I learned from, from home and from growing up in Mexico. Awesome. Um, I know that you've been a chemical uh, engineer. I mean, like you are a uh, chemical engineer and you're, you've experienced the, the challenges in production uh, firsthand. 
So uh, I wonder, how does your background uniquely position you to address the needs of frontline workers? And you know, what was that pivotal moment that made you transition from working with chemical reactions to founding a company aimed at transforming how frontline employees communicate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So I, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. It's a very sophisticated type of industry. I was optimizing processes to run optimally from an economic point of view, from a performance mm-hmm. point of view. And what always amazed me is that no matter how good the technology was, it ultimately ended up working or not working depending on how the employees were trained, engaged, and there completely with their full attention or not, right? So mm-hmm. the human factor played such a big role that that was something that really captured my attention, I would say, at, at that point. And in terms of pivotal moments for me, one of the most important ones was when I finished my PhD and I wanted to bring that technology that I had developed to market, I started mm-hmm. realizing how slow and difficult the pharma industry is. You need approvals for everything that you do. You right. have very long cycle times for FDA approvals of changes in processes, etc. So that very slow uh, domain kind of like wasn't very compatible with me. I needed something a little bit more dynamic that mm-hmm. would have an impact much faster. And that's when I wanted to go more towards the software world and address that side of the employees that also had a, a very, very big role in everything that you do in this uh, manufacturing settings. Awesome. This kind of um, answers my next question, to be honest, because I know that before Beekeeper, you worked on you know some high-profile prof- international projects at Accenture. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I was about to ask, how did those experiences prepare you for the challenges and opportunities of running a startup? Uh, already know like what it was maybe like what motivated you to change mm-hmm. uh, from the corporate world or uh, to, to you know the entrepreneurial journey uh, so maybe maybe you can still tell us a bit about uh, yeah. you know how did it kind of prepare you or like mm-hmm. maybe not prepare you at all and it was like yeah. you know a super uh, big surprise for you no it was actually very very helpful for me to be honest I mean oh, yeah. after spending four years doing my masters and then another three and a half doing my PhD and mm-hmm. That was almost eight years at university. I think I, I finished being a little bit more of a geek at the end with very little business sense and knowing how the world works outside, besides what mm-hmm. I had been doing there. And consulting, I think it's a very good school to have like a super deep dive and fast learning curves on how the world works. So working in these international consulting projects was a great learning for me to learn how to manage C-level stakeholders, how to make sure that a project keeps on track and gets delivered on time, mm-hmm. uh, how to dive quickly into new problems that you have never heard about and find a solution. So I think yeah. all of those are really good skills when building a startup because uh, it's all about trying to create order in a very chaotic and uncertain world where you don't know everything, you don't have answers to everything, but you need to move fast and keep on doing progress. So I think that that was definitely a very, very good experience that I look uh, back upon. I am still very thankful and grateful for that experience. And, and the people I got to meet there continue to be great assets in my network. And we're still in mm. contact in many of those cases. Awesome. Sounds good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, they say that the secret sauce to success is failure. So mm-hmm. um, what were the biggest challenges you faced uh, you know, while building uh, a success system that empowers frontline workers? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, how did you get through them? And you know, what key learnings would you share with mm -hmm. aspiring entrepreneurs? Yes, for sure. So we had a number of, of pivots during our, our process. So we started around 12 years ago with my co-founders. And initially, the very first product we launched had nothing to do with the frontline success system and mm -hmm. frontline workers, but it was actually an anonymous flirting platform for students. So All imagine right. the many pivots that we had to do to come from like a B2C dating space all the way down to uh, empowering frontline workers. So there were many uh, changes that we had to do there. I think the biggest learning is how hard it is as an entrepreneur to let go and let go of ideas mm -hmm. that are not working and mm -hmm. find the balance between keep on hustling and pushing hard to make it work versus realizing, hmm, you know what, this is not going to scale and, and work as, as it should. So mm -hmm. we had to do that two, three times with products that we had built, had some sort of traction, but they were not really at the level of what our ambitions uh, were actually aspiring to get. So right. we had to let it go a couple of times. And every time it was, I would say, even harder because every time you get a little bit better, things work a little bit better, but maybe it's still not how you think they should. So mm -hmm. letting go something that is already working a little bit better is, is really hard. So I, I think that's certainly from the entrepreneurial journey, one of the biggest lessons on how to let go and jump onto the next one based on learnings versus just keep on diving deeper. Yeah, that's a good one. So actually, you know, like don't fall in love with, with the ideas, but mm -hmm. rather with a problem that you're trying to solve. And then totally. it's going to be also easier for you to kind of let go and, you know, keep improving the mm -hmm. solution and finding the right yes. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Chris, the launch of Beekeeper's AI-powered frontline intelligence platform, that's a long one, uh, mm -hmm. sounds like a game changer. You know, understanding employee sentiment and productivity. Um, so how do you envision this technology influencing not just communication, but, uh, you know, also the overall management of, um, yeah. of the frontline teams? Yes, absolutely. As you said, it Marching, it's a game changer. Like we're seeing huge demand from our, our customers. And I think it comes from the fact that nowadays, many of these industries are completely blind when it comes to data, when it comes to mm -hmm. what the frontline is experiencing day in and day out. We call it the frontline disconnect. And it happens yeah. within organizations that they're truly disconnected from their employees in many different regards, from a technology perspective, from a data perspective, but even from a mindset and cultural perspective, there are a lot of gaps and disconnects. So this is what we aim to bring together with our AI powered intelligence platform to surface more of that data in a very simple manner for those organizations to know, hey, what are the most important uh, topics that I should be addressing today? Who are my most critical employees that might need some more support? What's the best mm -hmm. way to support them given the context of what they're doing? So trying yeah. to bring all of these buzzwords of AI and know-how, I think it, it, it's something that needs a very tailored adaptation to the frontline because there you have this reality where offline and online can like come together and it's important yeah. to kind of like mix and, and match that, right? So yes, Amazing. definitely a, a game changer. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, um, you know, actually, since you already mentioned that um, uh, a bit, so in a world, you know, that's increasingly driven by technology, how does Beekeeper balance the integration of AI and digital solutions with, you know, maintaining a human-centric approach to, mm -hmm. to frontline employee communication and support? Yeah, totally. So 
as you said it before, for us, we're, we have fallen in love with the problem and not so much the solution. So technology and AI and so on are just means to an end. And the end for us is to make the life of the frontline workers easier and of their teams. And that's what we're passionate about. So we've yeah. even captured that as one of our company values. We call it be frontline first. And it's really about thinking that frontline worker, the frontline teams, the people out there to make their lives easier. And that's basically our, our North Star and how we guide ourselves. And we spend a lot of time in front of our customers. We have user research teams, as you say, to not mm -hmm. lose that human topic because it's about understanding them and how to make their life easier. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of feedback loops also with our customers. We get a lot of feedback from, from them. And for example, me personally, I also spend a lot of time out there visiting our customers, going mm -hmm. to their factories, to their stores, to their hotels, just to, to stay in touch. As you say, there, I, think, I don't think there's like a magic bullet that you have to do other than right. be really conscious about what you want to achieve. And for us, it's making the life easier of the frontline workers. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that sounds awesome. Uh, maybe, maybe moving uh, again a bit to more uh, personal stuff, but also connected to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know, swapping tacos for chocolate and moving from Mexico City to beautiful <laughs> Zurich is uh, quite a global leap, right? Um, how does the entrepreneurial spirit uh, in Zurich compare to that of Mexico City? And and maybe follow up question to that: What cultural elements from both places do you bring into your work style? Mm -hmm. I love the swapping tacos for chocolate. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, I think, um, I mean, both ecosystems, the, the Swiss one where I have been part of mm -hmm. has been developing super fast over the last 10 years. And it's when we started, it was almost seen as black magic. If you wanted to start your, your company yeah. nowadays, it's kind of like a, a viable career path, I believe. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's great to see. I have been following more on the sidelines, the, the Mexican development, but it's been also amazing to see how it has flourished. I think Mexico has um, benefited from being so close to the US, to Silicon Valley. So there's a lot of an influence from American VCs coming to, uh, to Mexico and, and investing and supporting the Mexican entrepreneurs. There are some great talents there that have already been ramping up the, the market for large American mm -hmm. companies wanting to enter the Latin American market where Mexico is always a very good entry point. So I think that, that makes made a, the Mexican ecosystem flourish very, very much. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to entrepreneurial uh, spirit, I think you, you can see again there the differences of being resourceful, just going for it in, in Mexico yeah. in a much more creative manner, so to speak. I think mm -hmm. here in Switzerland, we also tend to be a little bit more calculated, more precise. Yeah. Everything tries to be perfect before you launch it. So I think for me personally, having seen those those two sides, I think I can be a little bit more pragmatic when it comes to those things. And that's a, that's a good combination of uh, being pragmatic and creative while not losing the clockwork precision of the Swiss yeah. uh, mindset. So I think that that combination has been for me personally, very fruitful and helpful to, to bring to work. That's, that's amazing. Like generally when I think about it, you know, um, like, like entrepreneurship in Mexico, like, like generally entrepreneurship comes with a lot of, you know, uh, like people being risk averse and, mm -hmm. uh, like taking a lot of risk, but I can, when actually you were talking about it and like having this, you know, Swiss precision, 
uh, versus like uh, Mexican kind of chaos and creativity mm -hmm. and combining this all and kind of being able to match it and take like best out mm -hmm. of both uh, cultures. Like, yeah, that must be, that must be awesome. And, um, and probably also great for the business. Uh, you know, looking into, looking into the big, uh, beekeepers future, how, how do you see technology continuing to enhance, uh, the work place, uh, experiences mm -hmm. of frontline employees? And, uh, so yeah, c can you give us a sneak peek into the hives plants? Yeah, for sure. So I think the, the beautiful thing about this is it's, it's a massive market. There are 2.7 billion frontline workers out there. Right. that have been long forgotten when it comes to digitalization and technology mm -hmm. and so on. So I believe we're still in the very early days of this market. I believe there is a software category emerging to serve them specifically. I think using solutions from other categories like intranets or uh, other workforce management tools, HR tools, etc., to kind of like repurpose them for the frontline will be hard just because of mm -hmm. how unique that uh, market is. So we're really in, in these early days, we call this emerging category frontline success because we believe it's all about the frontline and making their lives easier and more successful so that their businesses can thrive and so that they can yeah. also have better lives. So we're, we're really passionate about this. What we see in the future, I think right now there are a lot of point solutions here and there that try mm -hmm. to address a certain piece of what they actually need. But we believe there is going to be a, a consolidation in bringing all of that together so that we ex really give a great experience to the frontline workers, right? So I think that that's one big trend is consolidation and bringing mm -hmm. more things together for the frontline. I think the other big uh, thing that we see for the future is it's going to be a team sport because frontline has so many different angles that influence them from HR, operations, business leaders. It's kind of like the, the center point of many different functions. So it will be a team sport to digitalize them to drive this digital transformation in the frontline. You'll need HR, you'll need the business leaders, you'll need IT to all play together and do it there, as opposed to how a lot of the other transformations happen that you say, hey, we're going to have an HR digital transformation and it's mm -hmm. only for HR and they do it and they have new systems, new everything, right? But this is really an intertwined problem to solve. So we're excited about that it, team sports coming together, right? And I think it's the, the last thing is it's uncommon to see how much passion software solution like beekeeper can spark with their end users and their practitioners so we're seeing a lot of communities being built organically to exchange mm -hmm. best practices what has worked for them how to go about this big transformation and change projects and that's something we're excited about and that we will be supporting much more proactively with our uh, efforts to build that stronger frontline success community mm -hmm. Amazing. So uh, you're clearly passionate about what you're building and about your company. Chris, what, what is uh, Chris Grossman about outside of work? What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about sports. I love doing sports. Uh -huh. uh, I've been doing triathlon for the last 10 years. So that definitely awesome. keeps me busy, but also sane. I think it's a very good counterbalance <laughs> to entrepreneurship. Uh, and lately, the other big, big passion way above sports is my little daughter, Lynn. She was born a year ago, so she's the other one that, that has been keeping me busy. And as they say, she also keeps me awake at night. So Yeah, right. Congrats, for good reasons. congrats yes. on, the, on the daughter. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I know, I know. Before we started recording, we were talking, I already said that probably for you, blinking is still like little naps, having yes. a one-year-old baby <laughs> and, you know, like kind of managing it all, like having a child uh, and running a, a business and building, building, building the future with it. And then like also kind of keeping it, keeping your sanity in check with like some sports like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of going on there. And uh, so that's, Indeed. that's amazing, Chris. Um, Thanks so much for this interview. We are actually going just to an end of it. Uh, you're so easy to talk to. I could like sit here and uh, talk with you for uh, the next couple of hours. Um, thanks so much. It's been lovely having you on the show and um, good luck with everything. And I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you for the great conversation, Martin. It was also a pleasure talking to you. I think your, your preparation and thoughtful questions made the conversation even easier. So can only You're reciprocate amazing. it. Thanks so thank much. Thank you very much. Glad okay. you enjoyed it. Ciao. Okay. Bye-bye.